0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. We're going to get right into today's Word. And this Sunday, we will be in a very standard Christmas passage but I think you're going to see some things that you have never saw before. Now the birth of Jesus, the way Jesus came into the world, is as important as the way he left the world. If Jesus was born just the average man, his death was just another tragic but average death. So the way Jesus came in gives great import To what happened when Jesus left the planet Isaiah 7 and 14 the prophet makes a few things clear for us he says this therefore the Lord himself will give you a what sign why do we post signs we post signs to indicate something we do not know and what the Bible is saying here hundreds of years before the Christ was born that God would give the Messiah to come certain markers that would identify him so that those that have paid attention to scripture would not miss his coming so today let's focus on on just two he continues behold the virgin shall conceive now some bible critics say that this word translated virgin could also be translated girl And uh, though that's partially true, and we're not going to get into the scholarship behind that statement, the problem is that if that was so, this general statement would no longer make any common sense. Why would a teenager having a baby be considered a sign? Now, maybe an elderly person having a baby would be a sign and a miracle like what happened with Abraham. But last I checked, teenagers have been having babies from the beginning of time. So this sign was obviously not just a teenager or a young girl having a baby. It was pointing to a miracle deeper than just uh, biology, if you will. He said, and the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. We see in this passage that both the status of the mother, a virgin, and the gender of the child were both foretold. But it's the latter part of this verse that's really the most powerful, And we shall call his name Emmanuel, literally God with us. So what the prophet is saying is that the Messiah uh, that, that would be born would both be a son, but also God all at the same time. So somehow in the person of Jesus Christ, deity and humanity would intersect. And it was a mystery that wasn't understood until the angel shouted a uh, joy to the world. Isaiah 9 and 6, let's look at it a few chapters later. Same prophet, same book, same part of the book. He elaborates. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government or the kingdom, that's why Jesus talks so much about the kingdom because the prophet said the government would be on his shoulder and his name would be called what? Wonderful. So we see here that the Messiah that will be born would be a wonder worker. It's one thing, and people have done this throughout history. We have kings who said they were God. There were crazy people who said they were God. But it's one thing to say you're God, but it's another thing to only do that which God could do. Jesus not only said he was God, he raised the dead. He opened eyes. He caused the lame to walk. He he took authority over nature itself, told storms to calm down, told trees to die. Jesus not only said he was God, he had the accompanying actions and proofs in his life that the prophet said would mark the Messiah. It says, and his name would be called Wonderful counselor. Now we know that Jesus spoke like no other man spoke. And even people that disagree with, with our, our understanding of Jesus Christ as Lord, they, they, they still take from the scripture and the wisdom that was spoken by this uneducated Jewish man before television. He never was interviewed on a television show. He never wrote a book. He never even went to college. But this man's wisdom superseded all the wisdom. again uh, you know we, we we separate we used to at least uh, a.d. and bc the whole all of time was separated by the wisdom of this life even today the world stops and celebrates the birth of this man and some people say it wasn't even six foot tall had not even, the, the, the furthest he went was maybe to Samaria, but beyond that, he, he hadn't traveled outside Israel. Israel, a tiny little nation. They didn't dominate the world. They, they weren't a major power at that point. They were a dominated country, but a man out of that country, we celebrate and we worship all around the globe. He began with with, with, with something like 12 followers, but now billions of people claim his adherence. He's a counselor like none other. He said his, his name would be Wonderful Counselor. So not only was he wise, but also his substitutionary death forever informs how the Father responds to you and I. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning Jesus forever and eternally is seated in the right ear of daddy God and for eternity every time we do something stupid how many of have done some stupid things in your life <laughs> Jesus is in the right ear of the father saying daddy I paid the price for them father remember mercy because I fulfilled all the claims of justice the holes in his hands the holes in his feet counsel God to deal with us graciously and mercifully world without end Yes, he was wise, but he's an advocate for us at the right hand of the Father, constantly counseling him about the price being paid, our forgiveness being won. And if it wasn't for Jesus on our side, where would we be? Listen to the next descriptor, because Isaiah is speaking by the Holy Spirit. He says, wonderful counselor, but then he says, mighty counselor. God. Either Isaiah blasphemed or based on this verse because it said a child is born, a son would be given and the government would be upon his shoulder. Either Isaiah blasphemed or God would be conceived through a virgin. His name would be wonderful counselor but also mighty God. So the Messiah was not to just be a man. According to the prophets, he was to be Emmanuel, God, with us. Then he continues, everlasting father. The child would not only be eternal, but he would be the exact stamp and representation of the invisible God. So Jesus could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He's the express image of God, according to the prophets. And the last thing it says about Jesus, and this was said again hundreds of years before he came, it said he would be the prince of peace. He would become the author and the seal of a divine treaty between heaven and earth, between a holy God and sinful man. In John 14 and 27, Jesus said this. Listen to his words. He said, peace, he's speaking to his disciples. Peace I leave with you. Though your sins alienate you from God, I want to be your divine peace. Then he said, my peace I what? Give to you. What's happening here? What is being said in this? this, And why did God have to be, uh, Jesus had to be both God and man in order for his sacrifice to impact us the way it did? Because through Jesus' deity, Now, we're estranged. We're alienated from God because of our sin. So God became man. So through Jesus' deity, he could grab the hand of God. And through his humanity, he could grab the hands of man and unite us in himself. He had to be both so he can reach both and fulfill the requirements of both. He was the perfect man. You know, people used to have covenants with God. But the problem was, God would always keep his side of the covenant, but man would break theirs. Imagine if your covenant with God depended on you all day long. How many know you'd be in a little bit of trouble? So Jesus came to become our peace, saying, listen, this covenant no longer depends on you. This covenant's between me and the Father, and as long as you believe on me, you're in me. And if you're in me, you're a beneficiary of everything I've accomplished and done. So you don't need to trust in yourself. Just trust in me. Get in me, and you can let me be your peace. So your peace with God is not based on how well you behaved last week, though please behave this week. Your peace with God is based on the acceptance of Jesus' payment for your sins. So you you don't approach God looking in the mirror saying, Lord, I think I'm good enough for you to receive me today. That's wrong. Matter of fact, that, that, that's proud. You'll never be good enough for God to receive you. What we have to do is look to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm, not, I'm looking away from myself today. And I'm looking to him who's the author and perfecter of my faith. I'm looking to him who died as, a, as the punishment for my sin. I'm not looking at my perfections. I'm looking at his. God, I, I approach you based on his name, based on his blood, based on his finished work. And when you approach God that way, it never misses. And, and what's amazing is you start having peace. If it depends on you, you won't have peace. You have to lock yourself in a room all week so you can't mess up. You understand? Even then, you're messing up in your mind. I had to learn early in my walk to get my focus off me and on him. And that's when real peace is developed. Matthew 1 and 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, there were three steps to a Jewish Marriage. The first was the families had to agree privately to the union. But the next step was important it was the public announcement of the marriage. And once that happened, once you publicly told people that you, your daughter or your son was going to marry X, Y, or Z, it would require a divorce in order to break that contract. So the engagement in this day was extremely is so powerful. Again, you had to get a divorce to break it. The third stage was the final ceremony and the sexual union. Said so after his mother Mary was betrothed to who? Joseph. So at this point, the dowry had been paid. Money's online here, you know, cows and stuff had been exchanged. So, you know, when money's on the line, it gets serious. They had made a public announcement. It's serious, but, but now here's the deal, and this is strange to us because, you know, we don't have no sense nowadays, but, but they had sense. <laughs> what they would do, they would wait 9 to 12 months for the final ceremony, and there, there was a reason for this. You see, the whole reason for the log engagement was to make sure that the baby that was born from the marriage belonged to the daddy. So the nine to year was the waiting period to make sure that no other baby pops up. And typically during this period, the mother or the little girl the, the teenager, whatever she was, was kept under lock and key almost, I mean, virtually. I mean, you, this girl was monitored everywhere she went because this was part of the contract. They took this very, very, very serious. And the girl did not see the husband-to-be either. None of that happened. She, she was kept. And the whole point of it, again, was to ensure that when a baby was born, it belonged to the two that were married. So they would wait. Again, they exchanged money. They had publicly made the announcement. And now what's, what has happened here is, is Mary and Joseph are in that waiting period. So he could be sure that when a child is born, it belongs to him. It says, and his mother, mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph and before they came together, see, that's why it says he was married, but before they came together, because there was stages in the marriage uh, process. And uh, watch the next verse. But she was found with child. Can anybody say, oh, yeah. <laughs> How many of you would like to be either Mary or Joseph in this situation? You are in the waiting period, and you got a baby bump. What would run through your mind? The Bible says she was found with what? Child. True obedience can sometimes create some problems. Everybody in your social circle may not get it sometimes. It says she was found to be with child, and watch oh, this, of the Holy Spirit. Something miraculous began to grow in Mary. And after a few months, she could no longer hide what had happened. You know, when God does something inside a person, after a while, it'll show up. And if no one ever sees it, I question whether or not something really, really happened. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, again, they were considered married before having sex. This is nine to 12 months before having sex. Many of us didn't go, come on, be honest, a week (laughs) without having sex with your spouse. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in. We have sex too quickly. And then when we're married, we don't have it enough. Can I just talk to you for a second? I'm talking to the married people. Married people, why waste a good body just sleeping next to it? That'd be like starving next to an apple orchard. If you work it, you can, you can make a little apple pie, little apple strudel, a little apple cider, apple juice, apple sauce. At least 50 good things a good man can do with an apple. Back to the text. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, Joseph was both righteous and a baby daddy, why would he be thinking about divorce? He was contemplating divorce because he knew he wasn't the father. And I want you to imagine yourself in Joseph's position. Your fiancé comes to you and says, I'm pregnant, talking about the Holy Ghost. I so was like, I may be country, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> but while he thought about these things, he's processed. He said, I know Mary. And the language here denotes perplexity and, 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 and inner conflict. He's like, I know her. I don't know. How does this, 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 this happen? But he said, the facts are the facts here. But behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. How many of y'all might have needed an angel at this point? Yeah. To make you believe this, I think I would have needed an angel, some valiant, and a paternity test. But Joseph's faith here, watch this, was as great as Mary's. And and, and Joseph believed in Mary. Joseph believed in God, just as Mary did in this passage. Well, the angel came, said, hey, Joe, son of David. Do not be afraid. Joseph, she's not in love with another man. Joseph, she she hasn't been fooling around on the side. I know it looks bad, but, but it's not as it looks. And he said this: take to you marry your wife. Now, under the law, Moses required that a woman caught in adultery not only be divorced, but stoned. And once she violated her marriage contract, the divorce was instant. The act was actually the act of divorce. And just later, he or she got caught uh, in the act. But, but watch what scripture calls her. Mary or what? Wife. Stress is laid on the fact that Mary was still entitled to be called wifey. Wife. Because she had done nothing to forfeit this title. She was innocent, but accused. And sometimes there's a stigma that comes with spiritual things. Everybody's not always going to get it, but Mary suffered the greatest stigma of any of us, but she endured it for the purpose of fulfilled prophecy. He said, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And what the angel told him, he said, listen, what happened to her is absolutely supernatural. And many people stumble upon this, this this fact mentally, but the reality is if God could make the first atom from dirt, I mean, why does it take a stretch of the imagination to believe that God could make the second atom from a fully formed uterus? I mean, if he could take, so- again, from the dirt and make something as complex as us, why couldn't he just speak himself into a little girl? You hear what I'm saying? and create a body for himself, as the prophets, by the way, foretold. Jesus did not just show up and do it his way and say, now believe me because I'm God and based on the strength of my personality, everything Jesus did in his life fulfilled prophecy, had been written long before he had lived. And it's amazing, things outside his control came to pass in his, his, his uh, uh, life. Let's get reading them. And she will bring forth a son. And the Bible here is quoting the prophets because he's fulfilling prophecy. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. In Bible culture, guess who's responsible for naming the child? The father, the daddy. So what's happening here? God doesn't let Joseph name Jesus. He's the daddy. So through the angel, he gives Jesus his name. So, God calls him Jesus, and then he he explains his name, for he will save. Jesus' literal name means God saves, or Jehovah Yahweh is salvation. For he will save, that's why when we use his name, it's powerful. We're saying God saves through the person of Jesus Christ. For he will save his people from their what? Sins. On the surface, you may feel like I have a lot of problems, a lot of issues. Maybe a personality disorder. Maybe you have some financial problems, some relationship problems. But according to Scripture, the root of every real problem is a sin problem. And Jesus came to pull it out from the root. Your finances, they might be a fruit. But Jesus came to deal with the core of the issue. He came to save us from our what? Sins. Verse 22. So all this was done... That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the who? Prophet. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies in his life. And again, most of which had no human ability for him to manipulate or control. He couldn't control the place of his birth. Micah said he'd be born in Bethlehem. Guess where he was born? In Bethlehem. He couldn't control the time of his birth. But the Bible said the Messiah would come to his temple. The temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., so the Messiah had to come before 70 A.D., and there was a set period of time in human history that the the, the Messiah could only show up and be the Messiah, But, but also the manner of birth. How many of you can control whether or not your mother was a virgin or not? Yeah, Jesus couldn't control that. It was predicted that he'd be born of a virgin, and guess what? He was born of a woman that was a virgin. Bible predicted he'd be, he'd be betrayed by one of his closest friends. Psalmist said that my friend, one who ate bread with me, would betray me. And guess what? It was one of the 12, Judas. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.